great hands, I place everything into your great hands. Here's my hope and prayer today, and um, that is that everybody here will come to a place in your life where you finally loosen the grip and turn things over to God. You know, every failure, every fear, every problem, every struggle, every shattered dream, that, that you would come to a place where you completely trust God with everything, absolutely everything, into his great hands. We're in this uh, series, More, and we started last week, and I started by saying that God is more than a genie. You know, he's more than a genie that you're waiting to grant your wishes, that God is more than, than all of that stuff, that he, the, the more you desire satisfaction, for instance, in your life, the more you need God. The more you long for things like peace and joy and purpose in your life, the more you need God. And the more you pursue God in your life, the more you will experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised his followers. In other words, more God leads to more, way more in life. And so I want to open this morning with a question. How big is your God? And I ask that question because I am convinced that the way most people live their lives is directly correlated to the size of their God. You know, when your God is big, you're willing to place things in his hands. You're willing to trust and and put them into his great hands. But if the truth were known, the vast majority of Christians talk a big game. They talk about how great God is. But then when things get tough, their God becomes really small. Fact is, we don't place much into his hands. You know, instead of living with power, instead of living big, instead of living bold in our lives, and instead of venturing out and facing the future fearlessly, instead of trusting God and trusting that God is big enough and strong enough, we, we live these diminished, kind of fragile lives. And we live lives with a lot of fear and a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety. And when our natural instinct kicks in, instead of trusting his great hands, we trust these hands, our own hands. And here's the sad reality. The more you trust yourself and rely on yourself, the more challenging life will become. The smaller God gets, the bigger your problems get. And so here's the question. What do you need to put into God's hands today? You know, as I've been talking, I know that for some of you, you're thinking about a problem. It may be a relational issue. It may be a vocational challenge. It may be an issue with your kids or your grandkids. It may have to do with your finances. Maybe for some it's a battle with temptation or, or some sin in your life. 
But the reality is that problem, that challenge, if you were honest, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And when it gets bigger, what happens? We get smaller also, don't we? I mean, I I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to deal with the, the challenge or the obstacle. I don't have what it takes to lead. I don't have what it takes to believe. And so any, anybody ever felt that way? I mean, our God is big. Our great God does not want us to live in fear in our lives. He wants us to live bold and powerful I would suggest big lives, big lives. Paul writes this, he says, I pray that you begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. You know, God's power is bigger than your challenge. God's power is bigger than your doubt, your frustration, your fear. God's power is greater than that inadequacy that you have in your life. And I know some of you are going, yeah, but Damon, you you don't know what's going on in my life. I mean, you don't know what I'm going through today. And you're right, I do not. But make no mistake. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is, whatever it is, I know with certainty that God is more than able. God has greater strength than whatever it is. And you can trust God whatever it is, and put it into his great hands. You know, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians. He says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of what? A lot of talk. (laughs) It is living by God's power. See, God doesn't want us to just talk about how powerful he is. God wants us to access that power. There's a Hebrew name, and last week uh, we we looked at one of them, and today I want to look at another one. It describes God's character. It proclaims God's promise, and it's the Hebrew name El Shaddai. God says, I am all-powerful. I am the almighty God. Psalmist says, live under the protection of God most high, and stay in the shadow, here's the El Shaddai, of God's all-powerful, God all-powerful. Then you will say to the Lord, you are my fortress, my place of safety. You are my God, and I trust you. See, most people, when I talk to them, do not question that God's powerful. The fact is, if you just are an observer, you look around at creation, you realize God has power. God's holding the the stars and the planets in place. And so we recognize that. Where most people struggle is, is God's power available for me? And if it is available, well, when is it available? And how do I access it? And so I want to start with the when question today. I want to look at a few areas or situations when God, God promises that he will give us power. Isaiah 40, it says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. See, when I'm tired, I can count on God's power. I can count on God 
when, in that, when I'm in that place where I'm worn out, I, I can give that to God. I can put it into to his great hands. Anybody tired? <laughs> I almost didn't need to ask that. I'll watch some of you come in today. <laughs> you, your faces said it. Some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. Some of you are exhausted. In fact, truth be known, some of you are just ready to give up. Friends, our God is powerful and his powers available to us when we're worn down. He says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I mean, obviously, there are things that you and I need to do in our lives. If you're tired today, there are things that we need to do. There there are things that, that we should do. There are things we should do to try and get a control on the pace of life. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of our family. But God makes a promise to provide strength when you're tired. You know, some of you, you ought to put this verse on the mirror in your bathroom so that every morning you get up, you're reminded that God is with you, that God will give you strength, that God's power is limitless. You you never need to worry. God never gets tired. He never gets weary, and he'll infuse that power when you are tired, when you are worn out. God God says, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. You can also count on God's power when you you don't have anything. You know, when maybe you're in a relationship, and it's kind of overwhelming, and you get to that point where I have nothing left to give to this. You know, it's when your, your child is floundering, when, when they're on a destructive path. It's when you're frustrated in life and you go, I, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything I can think of. You know, and when you're struggling in life, maybe it's in a job. You ever been in a job where you go, I can't deal with this anymore. I don't know what else to do. Friends, when you feel like you're out of options, when you feel like you're in over your head, when you feel like you're inadequate, you've got nothing. God's power is available. You know, there are times in ministry, I just hit the wall. And I, I'll get to a point where I'm just exhausted and I'm frustrated. And the challenges are coming from so many directions. And honestly, sometimes I just get overwhelmed. And I begin to feel inadequate. And honestly, it's kind of intimidating in those moments. But I will tell you that it's in those moments that I realize more than ever that I need God's power in my life. You know, when I'm empty, God shows up. The Apostle Paul, he writes, he is talking about it. He had an affliction. We, we don't know what it was, but we know it was draining and taxing. And it was getting to him. And he he asked God several times, he says, please, please, please take this away. Take this away. And and God didn't take it away. Paul, Paul writes, he says, each time he said to me, God, 
my grace is all you need. My, my power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast of my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. You know, Paul, Paul says, God showed up when I was weak, when I was out of power and strength, and he gives me his power, and he gives me, my str- it gives me his strength. And then Paul continues in uh, verse 10, he says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. (laughs) Friends, in Paul's weakness, God showed up. I mean, Paul's a living example of the power of God and the power that's available to you and I today. You know, when you feel weak, inadequate, when you have nothing left, God says, I'll show up. I'll show up. In fact, the more you are weak, the more he is strong. You can also count on God when when you're hurting, when you're in pain. And almost every week, I, I am blown away as I listen to people talking about what they're going through, you know, as I think about some of my family and friends, as I watch the news, you know, I catch a glimpse of people's uh, social media feeds. I realize there's a lot of pain in this world, a lot of hurt. I realize people are dealing with an amazing amount of stuff. You know, some of you are dealing with, with, marriages or relationships or family and stuff's just messed up you know some of you are dealing with physical pain you know and that affliction it's there every day you're reminded you know for some it's a job issue you know you're working a job you hate maybe you know struggling with impossible deadlines or unrealistic quotas, maybe it's a toxic environment you're working in. For, for some, it's a, a loss, you know, maybe uh, through separation or divorce or death, you know. For some, it's struggling with depression or anxiety or fear. Other people overwhelmed with financial pressures. I mean, any of those things register with anybody? I mean, you're not alone. There is a lot of pain in this world. And I will tell you, if you're not in pain today, it's around the corner. It's just the way it is. There is no shortage of pain in this life. You are not immune, neither am I. And I know some of you are checking out the faith. You know, you're trying to figure out. You're not sure where God fits in your life. You're not sure if you need God. But friends, when the pain comes there are followers of Jesus Christ that are all around you that will tell you that when they were walking through that deep, dark valley, if it weren't for the strength of God, they would not have made it. Where do you, where do you go with pain? Where do you go? You know, the psalmist says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He delivers those who are discouraged. In other words, God doesn't just look at our pain and go, well, good luck with that. God, God is with you, and God says, I will deliver you through that. Maybe not the way you're planning. 
but God will see you through whatever it is. God's power is also available when we're tempted in life. The Apostle Paul, he writes in Romans, the seventh chapter, he says, for I know that nothing good lives within my flesh and my fallen humanity. The longing to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. I want to do the right thing. I want to do the God-honoring thing. But I lack the power many times. Anybody relate to that? I mean, temptation, it's out there. I used to have a bookmark, this is years ago, but it said, lead me, lead me not into temptation because I'm perfectly capable of finding it on my own. And I know anytime I talk on about temptation, there's a tendency for some to go, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm not, I'm not tempted. And if you're thinking that today, you're either lying or dying, all right? Temptation is inevitable. But God will give you the power to say no, to overcome, to, to move in a different direction. You name the temptation, it doesn't matter. It might be food, it might be lying to to close a deal or to land a job. It might be cheating on your spouse or cheating on your taxes. For some, that that temptation, it comes in the form of an addiction, you know, pornography or alcohol or gambling or drugs or whatever. But friends, when you are tempted in life, God says, I promise my power. I promise to give you the power to say no, to overcome, to go a different direction. Paul says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. See, we're all in this together. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God will show you a way out. Without God's power, well, good luck. There's not much of a chance of you navigating temptation on a regular basis. You're, you're going to get hung up. See, the promise is God will provide a way out. The question is, will you access God's power to get you through? It's available. Paul understood this. He says, I can do all things, all things, all things, not some, all things, through him who gives me strength. And I know as some of you look at your life, you go, well, God may give some people that power, but I'm not feeling it. Some of you say, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm hurting. I'm failing. I don't feel God's power in my life. God's not answering my prayers. And that may be where you are today. And I want to tell you it's okay. But you don't have to live there. You do not have to live there. God's power is available, but it's not automatic. And in fact, I have watched lots of Christians through the years live powerless lives. No power. Stumble, struggle. And in fact, I've watched Christians that, to be honest, 
they don't live any different than people that don't even believe in God. Now, I'm sure those individuals are saved, but they live without power. Friends, the more you seek God, the more you pursue God, the more power there is in life. More God, more power. So how do you access that power? And this is what you want to take home with you today. I'm going to use the word more. Make it easy to remember, all right? First one, M, make your need known to God. Admit that you are weak. Admit that you lack power. Admit that you don't have it all together. Admit you can't solve the problem on your own. And for some of you, this goes against every bit of instinct in you. You know, for some of you, loosening the grip, letting go, giving it to God is really, really, really tough. You may think you're in control. You may think you can handle everything. But here's the deal. The more you believe that it's all up to you, the more you take on in your life, the more out of control your life will become. See, God didn't create us to carry and handle everything on our own. In fact, you don't have the power to carry it all on your own. You're not God, right? Right? Thinking about it? Mm. I'll be honest, some of you live like you are God, or at least pretend to be. Pretend to be self-sufficient. And friends, when you pretend to be self-sufficient, you short-circuit the power of God in your life. You know, accessing God's power starts with you admitting that you are weak, admitting that you need God. And this is, this is where pride gets in the way. And it's interesting, the Bible doesn't list very many things that God hates, but guess what? Pride's one of them. God says, can't work with that. I mean, pride says, I do not need God. Pride says, I know what's best. I can handle this on my own. James says this. This is why scripture says, God opposes the proud. But shows what? Favor to the humble. You want God's power in your life? You got to give up the driver's seat. At some point, you just got to go, you know what, God, you drive. I'm riding shotgun. Friends, when you do that, God's power shows up. God's provision shows up. It starts when you make it known to God that you're weak and that you need Him. Oh, orient your life toward God. Kind of a fancy way of saying have a personal relationship with God. You want power in your life? Connect to God. 
If you orient your life toward anything else or anyone else, you will not have power. You will not. Things work best when you're plugged in. You know, you and I work best when we're plugged in to our creator, the creator of this world, the one that designed and created us. If you have a toaster, for instance, have you ever tried to make toast without plugging it in? You can't, can you? It doesn't work. Some of you are going to go home and try it, aren't you? Yeah. See, I don't care how good looking that toaster is. I don't care what the net worth of that toaster is. I don't care if that toaster grew up in our cafe here. I don't care if it has every smart feature available. That toaster does not operate if it's not plugged in. It's not going to work. Not going to work, friends. And the same thing's true in your life. I know some of you go, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a Christian. That may be true. But some of you do not have power. You know why? Because you, you're not following God. You, you've unplugged from God. It's kind of hit and miss when it comes to God. And if the truth were known, you miss a lot more than you hit. Some of you don't have power because you've unplugged yourself and you're making ungodly choices. You know it, but you don't really care. Some of you are not orienting yourself toward God and you're doing your own thing and going, eh, I don't need God, but if things get... It doesn't even make sense. You know what's crazy about that? We are arrogant enough to believe that we can get by with that. That, that God says, is going to look and go, hey, yeah, do whatever you want and I'll bless it. Think about that. Does that even make sense? That God would bless us when, when we just go, eh, don't need you. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, we're pursuing this and that and doing everything under the sun except what God designed us and created us for. See, power, power, real power. It comes when you orient your life toward God, when you pursue God, when you build on that relationship, that personal relationship with God in your life. See, the more you do what you want to do, the more you forget God, the more you choose to disobey God, the more powerless your life will become. The more you pursue God, the more you seek to please God, the more God, the more power. Jesus understood that importance of connectivity. I mean, if the Son of God needed it, you and I need it. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, if you stay connected, if you relate, if you're always oriented toward me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, it blows my mind. People, people say, oh, it's so hard having a relationship with God. No, it's not. I mean, God's at the door knocking all the time. In fact, I think it's more difficult to, to kind of ignore God. Try and do your own thing. You know, pretend that you're not really hearing Him. 
you know, turning the lights out. It's like, I'll ignore him. Maybe he'll go away. And just open the door. Just open the door. Invite him in. Start spending a little time with him. Anytime, any day, God is always there waiting to have a relationship with you. I want to scream every once in a while. Someone will catch me and they go, eh, I just can't grow at Faith Fellowship. Really? Friends, we're here to assist you, not do it for you. You know, if you're not growing, it's on you. You grow when you build a personal relationship with God. You grow when, when you make yourself available on a weekly basis and you worship like we're doing this morning. You grow when you read God's word and when you pray and when you just talk to God on a regular basis and you're orienting your life toward God daily. If you're not connecting, you're not growing, do not blame God, do not blame me, and do not blame this church. That one's on you. See, we grow when we orient toward God. Our respond in faith, living by faith. Faith has to be front and center in our life. The Bible's clear that God's power and my faith are connected. They're hooked together. Paul writes this, he says, and so we keep on praying for you that our God will make you the kind of children he wants to have, will make, make you as good as you wish to be, rewarding your faith with his power. For me to receive God's power in my life, I have to have faith. In other words, I've got to trust God. I've got to step out in obedience from time to time. I've got to talk to God along the way God's power, as I have faith, will begin to infuse in my life. And I've talked about this many times. Power along the way, power along the way, it's power along the way. You have to take action. And then somewhere along the way, God will give you power. It is not power and then I'll have faith. God, you fix this, then I'll, then I'll believe. You receive power, but first, you've got to believe. If it was the other way around, if you've got power, you don't need faith, do you? I mean, what's faith? The Hebrew writer says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, we respond in faith. Whatever your problem is, you respond in faith. You respond in being obedient. And then E, you expect God's power at some point. There's all kinds of examples in Scripture. One of my favorite is found in Luke 17. I'm not going to read it all, but I encourage you. You might read it this week, uh, that chapter. It's a great chapter. But you got ten lepers. And they're dying from a dreadful disease. And so these lepers see Jesus off in the distance coming toward them, and they know he is a miracle worker. And finally, they, they cry out and they say, Jesus, you know, Son of God, have mercy on us. We, we need a miracle. Heal us. And Jesus responds and says, no problem. Go show yourself to the priest. 
Now, that was kind of like in that day it would have been the uh, health department uh, of the day unofficially, and they would check things out from, to make sure, you know, whether someone needed to be isolated from the city and what have you. So I want you to imagine in that moment, the lepers, they're, they're all kind of looking at each other like, what? Let me get this straight. You want, you want us to go into the city that we're not supposed to go into and show ourselves to a priest who's going to tell us what we already know, that we have leprosy. Is that what you're saying? And I can imagine, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I can almost imagine one of them looking and looking at themselves, looking at the others, kind of examining, saying, I don't see anything's changed. This is, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. Are you doing that? And I figure one of them must have said, I don't know about the rest of you. But I, Jesus said, go to the priest, so I think I'm going. I mean, what have we got to lose? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe somewhere along the way, something something will happen. The others must have bought into it. Scripture says this. Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests on their way. On their way. As they're running or walking or dawdling, whatever they were doing, on their way, they were healed. On the way. God is more than willing to intervene in whatever your difficulty is today. But friends, I'm going to tell you, you first have to respond in faith. It's the power principle. You see it over and over and over in Scripture. And here's what I know. Almost everybody here is battling some pressure, some struggle, some obstacle, some temptation. Almost everyone here facing some situation that when you look at it, it just seems impossible. It's just got bad written all over it. Almost everyone here, there's something that you're dealing with where you need God's power in your life. And I guess I've been doing this way too long. See, what I know is some of you won't even admit you got a problem. Some of you, you you are convinced that you're going to fix it, and you've been trying to fix it and trying to fix it, and you're not fixing it. Some of you are trying to do your own thing, go your own way, but you want God to bless it. And some of you are lifting up kind of half-hearted prayers to God and you're waiting on God to miraculously get involved in your situation. And if you were honest today, some of you would say it's not working out very well. Some of you feel like God's power isn't available. Some of you feel like not much is changing except that you pray less and you believe less. And underneath it, some of you probably are secretly wondering 
if God is so powerful, why am I not experiencing that power in my life? See, some of you are waiting for God to do a miracle in your life. Or rather, you think you're waiting on God. Here's the reality. God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you to take the first step in faith, in obedience, to to move forward, believing that God is capable and God is powerful enough to deal with whatever it is that he needs to deal with. And friends, when you do that, when you step out in faith, when you take that step, when you walk in obedience somewhere, maybe not today, maybe not the first step, But somewhere along the way, I can tell you with confidence, God's power shows up in a mighty, mighty way. It's how God works. You know, the psalmist says, how awesome, how awesome, amazing, spectacular is God as he comes from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives strength and power to his people. Praise God. Do you need power today? Anybody? Anybody need God's power today? This is my best advice to you. Start living in faith and believing and living life because you have God's power. Trusting God completely, fully, obediently. Pursue God. More God, more power. More God, more power. Fully, completely, friends. Fully and completely. Into your great hands, I place everything. That thing you're thinking about right now, I challenge you to put it in God's great hands today. Let's bow in a word of prayer to God. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, I know there are, uh, we're all over the map today. Things we're struggling with, things that are wearing us out, hurts, pains, temptation. God, I just uh, pray whatever that thing is that... uh, we just lift it to you and go, God, I need your help. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just whisper whatever it is that we need to be doing different. Whatever it is you're calling us to step up to, to step out in faith, that we'd be obedient, Lord, that we would trust you. And God, that you would give us strength along the way that it might not be fixed today. It might be not be tomorrow. It might not even be this year. But that you will give us the power to make it through. And that there would be those that would be encouraged today to know that this isn't the end. You haven't written the last words. And God, that we would just trust you. We'd just trust you. God, I pray that we would place that thing today into your great hands, your great hands.
God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise for who you are. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, just remain seated. If you want to sing and worship, uh, just do that and allow God to minister to you. Our uh, prayer teams will be down front following the service. Maybe something kind of inside you is like, yeah, I got to give that to you. Just come down and let him pray with you. You don't have to tell him details. Just say, I want to place it in his great hands today and uh, let them pray with you. Let's worship.